The quick version of that is I was a police officer for 13 years, then I worked uh, with the state of Florida for 15, and then at the age of 50, God called me into full-time uh, pastoral ministry, and I said no. I always tell people when, that, when I tell them that I was a cop and then I was a pastor, they always look at me and they go, how did that work? And I, I said, well, you know, looking back on it, I always tell people that Bible college and seminary taught me theology, but being a cop taught me people. Mm. And that was mm. so important because when you get into church, what do you have? Mm -hmm. You have people. Mm. And, and you see, again, I was a, a lay person and a lay leader for 15 years before I went into pastoral ministry. So as an elder and a deacon and so forth, I had to deal with some of that. You know, the, that's what the yeah, elders yeah. afford. They yeah. help deal the, with the pastor with discipline. Hey, everybody. I want to welcome you again to the Before You Quit podcast, where we want to bring courage and perspective when serving gets hard and, man, does it get hard. Sometimes, oftentimes, we talk a lot about that in these podcast uh, interviews. My name is Mitch Schultz. I am your host, and I'm also the director of a ministry called Fruitful Vine Ministry. Uh, hey, there's an interesting statistic that I saw recently that 56% of all pastors today are second career uh, vocational people. In other words, they're pastors as a second career. Now, my dad says about statistics that 85% of all statistics are made up, uh, but let's just assume that this one is correct. In a recent article by Jackson W. Carroll, a concern is, according to what he writes, is emerging that fewer young people are choosing to go into ministry, which is possibly making the way for more pul pulpits to be filled by older pastors who come into this vocation um, having the other experiences under their belt. In other words, they come into the vocation of pastoring with a lot of experience in, in other areas. Um, let me quote from this article. This is rather interesting. Uh, Jackson Carroll says this, why the trend towards ministry as a second career? Is this a positive trend? Is it a trend about which the church should be worried? Why are fewer younger women and men not pursuing ordained ministry upon graduation from college, as was the case in the past? Do second career clergy bring greater maturity and experience to pastoral leadership than those who did not work for any significant length of time in another career? These are important questions. Uh, end of quote there. It's rather interesting, isn't it? But I wonder, though, is, is being a pastor, this is my theory, nothing educated really, nothing that I've researched, but just the speculation on my part, uh, is, it, is it possible that being a pastor is perceived by younger people as being too hard <laughs> or maybe too unappealing that fewer younger men are considering this as a life choice? Uh, maybe they just they see too much, they hear too much. Uh, makes you wonder, doesn't it, if, if um, you know, what the future of the church uh, will look like, uh, given this reality. Now, before this conversation gets too bleak, uh, the talk that I'm going to have here today with Pastor Dick Brown, uh, I think might actually give hope, because if more men like this, second career pastors like Pastor Brown enter ministry, uh, I don't think things are looking that bleak at all. Pastor Dick Brown and I are going to have an honest conversation about the state of the church as it relates to the experience of the pastor, and I think you'll actually find it to be an encouraging conversation, perhaps because of this, uh, what we're going to talk about today, more men who've been around for a while uh, might feel the tap on the shoulder uh, by the Lord Jesus Christ to go into pastoring as a second or maybe even third career as God is leading that way. Pastor Dick Brown, by the way, served as a police officer for 13 years, 
So you better look out if you're around him. He's also He also served as a pastor, senior pastor, for 12 years. He's married to Diane, and both Diane and Dick live in a beautiful area of the Smoky Mountains in Franklin, North Carolina. Uh, again, he was a former police officer in the city of Tallahassee, and uh, his ministry as a pastor was with the Christian Missionary Alliance. He has a master's degree in both counseling and apologetics, and I cannot wait for you to hear uh, this wonderful conversation that we had together on this, I think, rather important topic. So let's jump into that right now. All right. I am uh, very excited to have a good friend uh, sitting across the table from me here in Franklin, North Carolina. Dick, thank you for being part of this. Glad to be here. Thank you. Uh, you got a haircut this morning. You look great for radio. <laughs> I wanted to be pretty for radio. <laughs> yeah, when you heard this was happening, the first thing you said is, I got to get a haircut. Absolutely. <laughs> hey, uh, let's jump in. Uh, we're going to talk today about uh, second career pastoring. That might sound uh, like a boring topic, and one of the things you and I discussed is, you know, what is the takeaway from all of this? Uh, but it's really, uh, you know, hopefully this will be an encouragement to people who might be considering going into ministry and they're later in life. Um, and, and we hope, too, that just the story, your story, will be an encouragement to, uh, to others as well. Um, so uh, tell us a little bit about um, how you entered ministry. What were you doing before that? Okay. Well, at 23, I started with the Tallahassee police officer, uh, police department. You were a policeman. <clears throat> I was a policeman. a policeman. Yep, I was a policeman for 13 years. And uh, when and, you uh, pastored, did you ever carry a gun? Uh, only as a sermon illustration. <laughs> <laughs> was it a water pistol or was it? A no, it was gun? actually a 45 uh, automatic, <laughs> and and, <laughs> I, and it was unloaded. And I think the illustration was that you know if you go out and, and face danger in life and temptation and you don't take the sword with you, the mm-hmm. Word of God, mm-hmm. then it's just like the gun that's useless because it doesn't have any bullets in so it. So you're arguing that if the Apostle Paul was writing that today, he would not use the metaphor of a sword. He would use the metaphor of a gun. Absolutely, a forty five automatic probably. I think there's some liberal people that would have a hard time with that. I hope none of my listeners are liberal. I hope not either. If you are, we love you. That's right, we do. Hey, uh, before you continue that, I, let, let's kind of set this up. Um, one of the statistics I read was that somewhere around 56 to 60 percent of of pastors today uh, are second career pastors. Okay. And one of the things I've noted too in my research, a little bit of research, I, I didn't dig in for hours and, and days on this, but did, did some reading in preparation for this, is that with that comes stability. Uh, and uh, that's fascinating. I think well, one of the things will we'll come out of this conversation is understanding why uh, that's the case. You know, why are people going into ministry uh, after they've been in another career? And why is that positive? Why can that be uh, something perhaps to encourage uh, in, in the church? Uh, the other thing I'm reading is that there are a lot less young people going into ministry today. And uh, so the call is there for, uh, for people who have a, you know, a, a passion, a gifting, to be encouraged possibly mm-hmm. to go into this. So, yeah, tell us your story. You're 23, carrying a gun. Yeah, the, the, <laughs> the, the, the quick version of that is I was a police officer for 13 years. Then I worked uh, with the state of Florida for 15. And then at the age of 50, God called me into full-time uh, pastoral ministry, and I said no. And so I didn't for about a year. And I always describe that year as the year from hell. Everything that could have gone wrong went wrong. And then finally at 51, I said, okay, God, I'm ready now. Mm-hmm. And, and so then I pastored for 
Oh, okay, no. two, two questions. Um, how, how did you know he <clears throat> called you, and why did you say no? Okay. I knew he called me because uh, I was sitting in the house one day, and, and the lightning struck the light next to me. And ex- No, I'm just kidding. That's not what <laughs> I was happened. getting really worried. People that know me yeah, know that my uh, mind is thinking, sure. how am I going to yeah, respond right, to this? Right, right. No, he wrote it in the sky. No. <laughs> No, it's it's. I guess you, the best way to say it is it was just a strong impression on my heart. Uh, the, I, there was no uh, audible voice that spoke to me, but I think as a believer, uh, you find those times in your life yeah, where you just God know. really yeah. impresses yeah. on you. And you're encouraged by others. Were other people also encouraging you, well, identifying this gifting? Well, yes, I think scripturally that uh, God called you, but but men, especially your elders, confirmed that call, mm. and, and they did that. You were involved in a local church quite heavily? I was. Now, when I was a police officer, I was not a Christian, but at the age of 36, right after I left, I became a, um, a believer. And so for the next 15 years, I was involved in lay ministry, uh, even to the point of being a deacon and an elder and, and so on and so forth. So a combination, you know, for 36 years, I was a non-believer. Then for 15 years, I was a lay leader in a church. And so I brought all of that uh, different experience into being a pastor. So when I sat as a pastor later on, when I sat with the governing board and I sat with my elders, I knew what it was like to mm, be on the other side. That's good. And you, you obviously had a pastor that, that empowered you. And one of the encouragements maybe we can take from this mm-hmm. is for pastors to, if you know there's an elder, you identify that he's got, he's got gifting and teaching and leading, you know, those shepherding gifts, uh, take advantage of that, empower him. Uh, to do that uh, because they they bring a lot to the table and it's even possible that out of your contributing in that way they they might make that decision to go into into ministry themselves yeah Mitch I think that's a great point because again the pastor that I had of my lead pastor when I was in lay ministry was one of these kind of guys that would let you do whatever he thought you were capable of doing mm-hmm. and he's always encouraging and trying to push you along when I was a layperson uh, he asked me to do devotions at men's retreats and mm-hmm. things like that. And then when I was still one of the elders, they actually had me to preach sometimes mm. on Sunday night when we used to have Sunday night services. So he did everything. If he recognized that somebody might have a giftingness, he would encourage you and give you opportunities to use it. And looking back on it, I think, wow, those things help prepare me for pastoral ministry. Yeah, and, and that takes humility for a pastor to be willing to step back and let others. It's, it also strengthens the team. It, it's part of a, of a way of equipping your church, possibly for, you know, your, uh, if you would leave, you know, if a pastor's going to leave a church, he's got, uh, you know, I'm, I'm right now serving as an interim pastor in a small mm-hmm. church. And uh, since the pastor has left, my, my role as interim is just to fill the pulpit on Sunday and uh, and these guys are stepping up to the plate, you know, four elders who are who are leading, they're preparing, they're preaching sometimes, and uh, and that's really good for a church. Um, okay, second question um, before we we get uh, more deeply into this: uh, Why did you say no? It's a huge it's a huge responsibility, and and I have heard some stories. I know this will, this will come as a shock to you, but I've heard some stories from people that are already in pastoral ministries that mm-hmm. some of them would get hurt. <laughs> and uh, I know that comes as a, really? as a shock. And so some of the stories that they told, it was like, you know what? That sounds like an incredibly difficult job. Mm. And it, you could you can experience a lot of pain and a lot of hurt from people. And so I don't think I want to do that. And so I didn't. It seems like young people going to ministry don't 
if they do hear those stories, it doesn't resonate with them. So in your case, having you're more mature, more observance is more realistic to you. Uh, what would you say to young people going into ministry, having gone into ministry later, about how they should prepare for the reality of, of ministry being hard? Right. Well, one of the things I heard all the time was the police officers, people telling me, I never thought that would happen to me. And so one of the things I would say is that anticipate it happen to you because mm-hmm. it probably will mm-hmm. and, and expect that. And hopefully Bible college and seminaries teach people to be prepared for that. Now, when I entered Bible college and seminary, two of the classes that I had to take was conflict in the church and Christian mediation. And when I first saw that, it was like, why are they teaching me this stuff? But I'm so glad they did. Yeah, you and I got the same uh, master's degree from the same seminary, and I I took that class. I I remember that. That was really, uh, really impactful. Uh, all right. Well, uh, so you were 51 when you mm-hmm. uh, entered into ministry. Uh, what was that like for you and what were you doing? It was scary, uh, to be honest with you, because I had less than two years of college and I was God's calling for me primarily was doing uh, biblical counseling, pathetic counseling. And so even though I was going to be in pastoral ministry, uh, my degrees, my first two degrees were in uh, biblical counseling. I have a, a third, I uh, have a second master's that's in apologetics, mm-hmm. but, um, <clears throat> but it was a little, fr- it was a little scary because again, I had less than two years of college. I was 51 years old mm-hmm. and I had to go back. I had to get an undergraduate degree. Then I ended up getting two master's degree. And if you would have told me at 51 that I was going to end up doing that, mm-hmm. I would have said, there is no way I've never been that good a student. But uh, it, I guess, being more mature and being called by God. Yeah, did you, you did know, you underestimate how much your life experience was preparing you? And I had I had no idea until you until you started. Right. I always tell people when that when I tell them that I was a cop and then I was a pastor, they always look at me and they go, "How did that work?" And I, I said, "Well, you know, looking back on it, I always tell people that Bible college and seminary." taught me theology, but being a cop taught me people. Mm. And that was Mm -hmm. so important because when you get into church, what do you have? Mm -hmm. You have people and you got to know how to to deal with them. I can't deal with them the same way. I I was going to say, you probably had to remind yourself that this is not the point where you pull people Sometimes I wish I had my my (laughs) nightstick, you know, but but I can't go to an elders meeting with a nightstick. Yeah, and you can't give people tickets. No, that doesn't work. Hey, you're, you're running too fast through the lobby. Exactly. I'm going to write you up. This is just a warning here. Don't do <laughs> exactly. it again. If you do right. it again, you're going to get a ticket. Um, what, what was different, uh, you know, entering into ministry, comparing that to the career that you had before? How, how would you identify that as being different? Well, uh, again, I had a, a different boss. Uh, hmm. uh, I had, you know, the Lord's the boss and different, uh, really a whole different criteria on what our goal is and what we're trying to accomplish and this, that, and the other. It's not mm-hmm. about making money, uh, mm-hmm. at least not for me. I'm sure a lot of people make a ton of money in ministry, but I'm just kidding. <laughs> uh, but it's, it's not about that. It's, mm. it's just a very different dynamic. Mm. How, how different um, was it for you than it would have been had you started out your career as as a pastor? Oh, I think I would have been extremely immature. I don't think I would have probably lasted very long. In fact, it's amazing sometimes when I look back at some of the goofy things I did as a cop that I, I didn't end up dead one day. Mm. And uh, <clears throat> again, I think God had a bigger plan for me and he was going to eventually use me one day and probably undoubtedly, you know, kept me alive during the, some of the goofy, immature, uh, silly years mm. early on. Mm. But I don't think that would go on over 
real good as a pastor pastor in the church. Yeah, no, I don't, I under, I, I don't I, think I, they would have put up with me. Yeah, I, well, that's a, that's interesting self reflection there. Uh, you might be a little hard on yourself there, but uh, but you know, they, again, some of the statistics that, that have come out suggest that uh, I think eighty percent of of people. Uh, that go into ministry quit within five years. It, it could be a little lower than that, something like between 60 to 80 percent. And um, that's less so, as we said when we started out this conversation with people who go into ministry later on. And again, we cited that nearly 60 percent of pastors today are, are in there as a, uh, as a second career. Um, they're also more resilient. Uh, they're more stable. Um, uh, talk to us a little bit about that. How did being older uh, make you more resilient in ministry? Uh, what was it about that that made you uh, able to maybe handle conflict and, and criticism? Because I'm sure you faced the same things everybody in ministry faces. Criticism. I never, I never had pressures. criticism, bitch. Everybody in the church loved me. I never had any. No, I'm just Amazing. kidding. Amazing. Yeah. Let's, let's switch kind of topics here and let's talk about how you're like Jesus. Oh, no, wait a minute. He was crucified. Yeah. No, again, you know, you, you're not a cop for 13 years uh, without having to deal with a lot of conflict. Mm-hmm. I mean, I could. I went to hundreds and hundreds of domestic disturbances. And so later when I went into pastoral ministry and did counseling for couples, okay, I never saw anybody in my office that came for marital counseling, anything that was near as bad as the things that I had to deal with hmm. going to domestic disturbances. Hmm. Now, I've had some that were close. I've had people go out and slam the door and scream and holler and cuss, and I've yeah. had some get up and say, well, I'm not coming back. I've had some of that, mm-hmm. but I've never Wait, been— Wait, as a pastor or as a cop? Oh, as a pastor. As a pastor. But I've never okay. been spit on or had my shirt tore. I have as a cop. Wow. But not as a pastor. Wow. So what's, again, a, what's the worst thing that ever happened to you as a cop? Well, let's see. I've had guns pointed in my face. I've had people several times that tried to stab me with a butcher knife. Again, we're talking about being a cop, not a pastor. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I haven't had the other yet. Okay. But no, I've, I've, I've had some very uh, dangerous situations yeah. that I've been in. Wow. Wow. So you were, you were able to come into ministry having, having developed a, uh, uh, a resistance to, uh, uh, to uh, hardship, to, you know, again, those challenging moments prepared you. It, it created a, a sort of a, a steadfastness, a resilience that uh, that certainly came in handy. Sure. And uh, see, how, I, was, yeah. I was a cop back in the late 60s and in the early 70s as well. And so during that time, there was a lot of anti-war, uh, anti-Vietnam mm. War demonstrations and things like that. And so uh, police officers were called pigs. And so it wasn't like, you know, I wasn't used to people that didn't like me, mm. you know. Mm. And, and so, again, you know, if you get somebody in the church later on that just doesn't like you, well, then, you know, you can deal with that a little bit because you're well, used to it. The, the difference, though, would be that in, in your, uh, you know, profession as a policeman, you, you expect to not be liked in, in a lot of ways. That's not necessarily true in ministry. So how, how did you have to adjust to that, that sort of surprise? Or maybe you, you, you knew that's supposed to be the case. Yeah, it but. wasn't a surprise because, again, that's one of the reasons I didn't want to go into the ministry because mm. of some of the horror stories that I've t- were heard from mm. people that were already in ministry. And so I did, actually, I did expect it. Mm. And, and you see, again, I was a, a lay person and a lay leader for 15 years before I went into pastoral ministry. So as an elder and a deacon and so forth, I had to deal with some of that. You mm. know, that's what the yeah, elders yeah. afford to yeah. help deal with the pastor with discipline. So. That, that's a great point. That's a great point. 
Uh, however, now you were you were perhaps more responsible than you were as an elder. Although a team of elders should, mm-hmm. you know, ideally should uh, uh, should should stand with their pastor as as things are happening, not leave them isolated. Right. And uh, so certainly you you took that uh, that mindset with you. Um, yeah. Anything else that uh, you feel being older made you more resilient in ministry? Well, you know, again, you know, I was a little older and hopefully mature, but see, my wife was too. And although she never wanted to be an elder's wife, she did come into it with a lot of life experiences as well. Mm. And sometimes if you go into ministry right out of Bible college and you're married, you know, well, you're both very young mm-hmm. and neither one of you are very mature. So one of the things that helped me is to have a wife that was, you know, very mature and had a lot of life experience. Mm. And she was well. ready to go into ministry with you? Or well, was... she never wanted to be a pastor's wife, but she knew and she recognized God's call and, and she was all about that. In our denomination, when you're interviewed for licensing, the the, the, past, the prospective pastor and his wife is, has to come and mm-hmm. be interviewed. And so if there's a problem there, then they, they just they recommend that. it. They, yes. That's really good, yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. Well, more likely when you're going into, when you're young, uh, you've met someone, married someone who also had a sense of call to ministry. Sure. That's less likely when you're going into ministry later on. So the role and attitude of the wife to that is very important, isn't it? Uh, Absolutely. Did she have to struggle through? I mean, did she have a period too where she... She had to kind of come to terms with that change, and I don't think so. Not she never wanted to be a pastor's wife. She was a very good pastor's wife, but she never really wanted to to do that. I think probably probably her greatest concern was the life career change. Uh, when I went to Bible college, uh, I would I quit my job, and we lived on one salary. We had built a house about five years before, and we had to sell it and rent a place. Mm-hmm. And so I think that probably. Uh, bothered her more than the fact that I was going to be prepared to go into pastoral ministry. Yeah, yeah. You know, I, I've had a shift in, you know, this whole uh, stereotyping or referencing to a wife being a pastor's wife. Uh, she's your wife. You know, she's she's there to support you, to come alongside mm-hmm. you, whether you're a pastor or not a pastor. And um, and I think I think that takes the pressure off that, uh, you know, my, my wife has is, is primarily seen herself as Mitch's Wife and she's my support whether I'm ministry or in ministry or not, mm-hmm. and uh, I think uh, that that can be an encouragement to younger pastors. You know, don't don't put pressure on your wife to have to uh, to buy into this so much. I mean, she needs to be ready for it. She needs to bless it. But her her primary role is to be uh, your support, not as a role as a pastor, but as as a husband. If that if that makes sense. Sure. And 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 she can she's her own person, and she can do her own ministry. You know the old joke about the pastor's wife is that they're supposed to you know play work, work with kids and play the piano. Yeah, yeah. Well, that was not my wife, but mm-hmm. because of her life experiences, she was a computer programmer. So when we got into uh, to pastoral ministry. Her gifting was uh, developing and working the PowerPoint mm. in the church. And that was perfect because that's what she had been doing yeah. in part prior to that. So that was an extra benefit of her life experience being brought into her ministry. Yeah, yeah. But again, the main point here is that she was supportive of you and what sure. you were sensing uh, being, you were being called into. Uh, I, I'm in some tension uh, when I look over the landscape uh, and, you know, we know that seasoned pastors like yourself uh, and even those who've been in ministry a long time, maybe going through transition, bring a lot to the table. Uh, but there's a sense that uh, p- pastors who are in their 50s, 60s are not as marketable. There's not as many opportunities. 
Um, that's more so for younger ones. Are we missing out on the value of people who have been, uh, you know, are, are mature, seasoned, experienced a lot, whether they've been in ministry or not been in ministry, been going into ministry? What, how do you speak to that? Well, yeah, I, I do think people in their 50s and 60s sometimes are perceived by some churches as, you know, being a little bit too old and, and they're not going to have the fire and they're not going to attract younger people and so on and so forth. But and, and I think, you know, that could be possible. But I think the other side of that is they do bring in a lot of experience, a lot of uh, encouragement and a lot of the younger people we'll look at them more as a, a father or grandfather figure, and you'd be surprised that, that some of the younger people that can be more attracted to an older pastor than another mm. younger pastor. Mm. So, is it, it, do, you, do you feel like second career pastors have more energy and fire than maybe someone who's that age who's been in ministry for 30 years? I, I think there is a certain amount of confidence there mm. that, that they can do some things that probably somebody that's less mature wouldn't do. I mean, I, I love visual aids. And the joke from the congregation was every time I went to preach, I carried a big uh, paper bag with me and everybody couldn't wait to see what I was going to pull out <laughs> and what kind of crazy thing I was going to do as an illustration. Yeah. I don't know that a young person in the early 20s would have had that mm -hmm. confidence yeah. in, to, to do Risk. that kind of thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Sure. Yeah, and the gun was in one of those paper bags. It was. Unloaded. Unloaded. Let's remind everybody. That's true. Hey, what would you say to someone looking to enter into ministry as a second career or third career? How, how should they prepare? Well, it, it, again, if they're sure that God has called them, I'd look for some godly people, godly leaders in the church to confirm that call and, and get some good advice and encouragement from them as, as you know, what the next step is. Mm -hmm. I, I know some... Uh, men who have been great pastors. Uh, they already had a college degree in, in things like biology and speech and who knows what, and they didn't ever, ever go back to Bible college or seminary, and, but they learned how to prepare sermons and how to preach and how to counsel and how to love the people. And so it's not, not everybody's going to do what I did and go back and, and, and go to Bible college and seminary. Mm -hmm. Some people are probably maybe more prepared than they realize. Mm. That's, that's awesome. So you would encourage them if there's affirmation from others, there's the, uh, they've been tested, uh, had mm -hmm. opportunity in the church. And, uh, and, and again, I argue the church needs this, you know, whether you go mm -hmm. into full-time ministry or part-time or just want to be more heavily involved in, <clears throat> in, uh, in serving in the church. Uh, it, this, you know, it's, it's not a healthy church where it's just the pastor doing the teaching the visiting, the shepherding, the encouraging, the counseling. Mm -hmm. uh, the healthiest churches are where there's there's a team doing that. Sure. And there's so many online classes now. I got all my degrees online from different seminaries and Bible colleges. And so if, if you were older and you had a degree, let's say, in biology and God called you into pastoral ministry, you can always get your degree while you're pastoring. Mm. Uh, so many colleges and, and seminaries are set up that way today. Well, I'm glad you didn't come out of biology. You'd have algae and fungus and seaweed I, in that brown paper bag. But I, but I did take a lot of law enforcement classes. <laughs> yeah, I can, I can imagine. Yeah, as you as you look back over this, Dick, um, you know, this thirty some years, twenty thirty years, you've been in, in as a pastor, uh, twenty years. Um, how, how do you how do you describe it? How would you look back at it? Well, it's been an incredible ride. Uh, again, I, um, and sometimes I miss it. You know, I've been mm -hmm. retired now for five years. And, and as I had said earlier, uh, 
to you. I've, I've still preached about 50 times in the last five years and mm-hmm. done a lot of counseling. Um, I opened a counseling ministry after I got out of pastoral ministry and uh, turned it over to somebody else and it's still going. And so I look at all of that and it's like, you know, God's not done with me yet. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> you know, I mean, in my 70s now, but I'm, I'm still active. I'm still looking for opportunities. Sorry, Mickey Mouse just told us the time there. Okay, that's good. <laughs> so, you know, it's been an incredible uh, ride. And, and every day I just say, God, I can't believe you used me. Mm. If, if I was God, I wouldn't have used me, but he did. <laughs> wow, wow. Well, that's a, that's a great way to... Uh, to look back. Well, we, uh, I tease you because, uh, you know, you showed up at my church two weeks before I resigned. And I've, I've told you that, uh, you know, if you had come a year earlier, things might've gone a lot different because I know you would have been a tremendous support to me and I'll take full uh, responsibility. (laughs) (laughs) Well, and then you've been serving on my leadership team with fruitful vine ministry and uh, just appreciate the uh, chance that we've had to get to know each other. And uh, I thank God for, for your life, uh, for the way you've been open to, to be used by him. And even after retirement, uh, you, you've continued to serve. And uh, I, know, I know the Lord has a lot more in store for you. So thank you so much for sharing this. Uh, this, is a, this is a unique topic. I mean, this is, you know, I was, I was trying, to, trying to think of different things that we can be talking about with before you quit podcasts. And I reflected on your story and... and uh, uh, you know, I struggle a little bit. How do you make something like this exciting? But this has been this has been a, a good uh, conversation and an encouraging one, and, and hopefully it will be to to others as well. Any final words that you want to say? No, no I, but I do hope that people won't be reluctant to going into pastoral ministry as a second or third career because again, they just need to understand <clears throat> that they uh, they've got a lot to offer. And when I read the Bible, uh, there's a lot of people that went into pastoral ministry. Mm. Uh, after they did, uh, you know, they were fishermen and yeah, yeah, shrimp herders and, and so on and so forth. So it, there's a lot of biblical precedent for that. Yeah, wow, that's that's really good. Uh, yeah, remind us that this is a, a biblical, uh, the precedent is there biblically as well. Well, thank you, Dick. I, I appreciate it. And uh, thank you. May the Lord continue to, to use you and encourage you and use you to encourage others. Thank you. Well, there you have it. Thank you so much for listening to the Before You Quit podcast. If you have any comments or questions about anything that we've talked about today on Before You Quit or even on other episodes, you, you can email me at mitch at beforeyouquit.us. Love for you to also go to our website, www.beforeyouquit.us, and look at other blogs and podcasts that are listed there. And love for you to go to iTunes and give us a nice five-star rating and a good review to help continue to promote this podcast. So until next time, stay encouraged and be courageous because serving Jesus is worth all that hard stuff that comes with it. And remember what we're told in 1 Corinthians 15, 57 through 58. But thanks be to God. He gives us the victory through our Lord Jesus Christ. Therefore, my dear brothers and sisters, stand firm. Let nothing move you. Always give yourself fully to the work of the Lord because you know that your labor in the Lord is not in vain. So until next time, stay encouraged.